You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A weekend of football that was, and of course it hurts because the Colts were not a part of it. But as always, this is the Blue Stable Podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Pevia. Joined by me is Destin Adams, Rashad McGinnis. Guys, what an epic weekend of football. I mean, some people are saying it's the best weekend of football that we've probably had ever in the NFL. And I think I agree. Um, I think it was the most exciting where I went game to game basis. A lot of road teams winning the divisional round was a lot of fun. Um, Just multiple games coming down to one score last second entities. We even had an overtime game to cap it off on probably the best playoff game I've ever watched um, that I did not have any fanship invested in, obviously. Um, Super, super fun weekend for football fans. Man, it was an absolute excellent week of football. You know, three games ended on walk-off field goals. Uh, The other one ended with a touchdown in overtime. A lot of controversy behind the overtime rules. Um, Salute to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That was a masterful display of of quarterbacking. Modern-day quarterbacking in the NFL and, and, and Seems like it's caused a, a shift psychologically on what the, the league is leaning toward and, and what people should take risks on and different philosophies such as that. We got a lot of time to talk about that when the draft comes. But salute to those people, man. And y'all know I have family ties this weekend and they got that dub. Shout out to the Rams, man. And most importantly, we didn't say it, but but welcome to the offseason, Tennessee. All right. Well, welcome to, welcome the- to the off season. Hey, man. One, I, I am really excited for you guys to be able to raise up that number one seed banner next year. Bring it uh, in. I mean, I'm so proud of you guys. You put your banner up saying you swept the Colts. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna put up our banner saying we won as many playoff games this year as the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Ah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey man, uh, I think I tweeted after the game. Hey. Pack your bags, come to Cancun, pina coladas first round on me. Tighten up your luggage. That's it, man. Hey, it's it, juice in the fridge. There's hey, crackers yeah. in the pantry. Crackers, the mini bars open. Help yourself. Oh, yeah. You know? Hey, hey, and there's even more things we can have fun with this. Cause I mean, we, we, we've spent like two weeks here just hearing all the Titans fans just talk about the Carson Witt situation. 
I'm not going to lie. I've, I've really enjoyed reading all the Ryan Tannehill hate this last week. Hey, man, man. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Okay. I've enjoyed so, him and all that 56 million cap hit for next year. too. <laughs> so since we're on the Ryan Tannehill stuff and guys, this is going to be a pretty interesting show. Cause we're going to go through the playoff games this past weekend. We're going to talk about the Colts as well. We got to talk about this. Uh, this is a Colts podcast. We're going to talk about, do they have the weapons to truly compete? Cause I think after this weekend of football, I think it made every franchise in the NFL really evaluate where they're at. And that's a good thing. Um, And then we're going to get into some head coaching openings, you know, what we're looking at right there. So it's definitely going to be an exciting show right here. Beginning with the Bengals and the Titans, the Bengals do take the win. Last second field goal, Evan McPherson drafted in the fifth round. How about that? Trust me, I'm not paying attention to see what kicker 22 years old, 22 years old, hitting walk-off playoff winning game field goals. 1916. It was it was a physical football game. It was a weird football game, but ultimately the Cincinnati Bengals took the dub. Ryan Tannehill channeled in his inner Carson Wentz, threw in three interceptions. Wentz never threw three picks in a game, though. I'm just saying. Uh, not for the Colts. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, not for the okay, not not for the Colts. Okay. <laughs> um, but guys, Rashad, I'm gonna start with you, man. This was this was the kickoff of an exciting weekend. It was a back and forth game, and Tennessee almost did all the things right. Uh, I guess the Kings' return wasn't really welcoming for twenty attempts and sixty-two yards, right on par with what he always does. Takes forty carries to get to a hundred. So, what was your takeaway from this game, and really how Joe Burrow handled himself since basically? the offensive line was Obama's immigration act, let everybody through. Uh, how would you judge and evaluate Joe Burrow in this matchup? Michael going to get us canceled. Um, so starts with Joe Burrow. We have to start with Joe Burrow. Uh, would he face, I mean, being sacked nine times, being pressured all game. Um, we all knew coming into this game that his offensive line was going to be his Achilles heel. And I still think whenever they lose in the playoffs or, or in the Super Bowl, that it'll be because of this offensive line as the primary reason. But he overcame that, man. Everything they tried to throw at him, they blanketed uh, Jamar Chase for majority of the game. T. Higgins stepped up and made some catches. Uh, C.J. Uzoma, Mixon had the big touchdown run. And, and it was a struggle, man. When your offensive line is playing that bad, you're going to struggle. But Joe Burrow found a way to get it done. Uh, tweeted literally as the game started that going, I know Bengals like to run empty. And I said, going empty, this may not be the game for that because Tennessee has a physical defensive line. And I couldn't have been more right. And, and they continue to trust, it, trust their scheme and run with their run. And in the end, it was enough um, absolute meltdown for the Tennessee Titans. Um, where do you want to start? From Ryan Tannehill uh, Derrick Henry was clearly not healthy. Um, he looked like a shell of himself. He just didn't have the explosiveness that, that he typically has. A.J. Brown's a flat-out stud. He showed it again. He dominated this game. Uh, I believe he had 130 yards or something like that uh, for on only like five catches, six catches. He he played well. Julio Jones, um, Julio Jones that, that investment, that might be one of the worst free agent signings as far as how it played out in recent memory. And, and, and That's what when you, you gave saved up. the trade. Right. I was about to say what you gave up to get him. Oh, man. that that's There's no way you're paying him $11 million to come back and, and play again next year for your team. But it's just a meltdown by the Titans, man. They, they said there was the worst number one seed in NFL history. I tried to give them benefit of the doubt and say maybe in the last 30 years they are. Right. There was frauds, man. Let's let's be honest here. There was frauds, and, and they put these kind of victories together all season, and it finally came back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I guess the big thing that everybody was talking was this was the first time, like, they're finally healthy. They broke an NFL record for the amount of guys they had sued up for the team this year on the active roster for game day. Um, it was either, like, 91 or 92 Um uh, something like that, where they uh, amount of players they had sued up for their team this year. But here's the thing: even if you get healthy here in the playoffs, those guys had no snaps. Um, Derrick Henry was coming pretty much off one week of practice. Um, probably, probably shouldn't even been practicing yet. 
Um, looked like like the like that he had a plate, three screws in his foot still. Um, lots of issues going on, but it was playoff time. He wanted to play through it. I'm sure it was a him decision, not a team forced, if I had to guess. But, I mean, they went out there and they looked like a unit that had no chemistry because they hadn't been on the field together, especially on the offensive end. Now, I understand it's Derrick Henry, um, but how do you take um, Foreman out of the game when just about every snap he had went for solid yardage? Uh, I want to say he ended up only with five touches, um, but I think he ended up with north of 40, almost 50 yards on just five touches. Um and his big 50-yard almost run got taken back. So that's not even including the one that got taken off because of a penalty. And I understand it's Derrick Henry, and it's hard to, like, bench a guy like that. But in the playoffs, you have to roll with the hot hand. Derrick Henry was struggling. He didn't look like himself. I'm sure he knew it. That, that That's a thing that I think could have won them this game, was just making the switch earlier. And, and also, only one thing could have beat the Titans in that game at the end. I mean, it was going to go to overtime if they didn't get in the field goal range, but the only way they lose in regulation is if you turn the ball over and Ryan Tannehill forces the ball into double. You can almost argue triple coverage. If you include the underneath guy, mm-hmm. when he had two check down guys in the center of the field open to run for a little bit of yards to get into field goal range, it was just an awful decision. Um, the offense played poorly and Ryan Tannehill, I guess quietly had a really bad year this year, but I've watched it the entire year. He Carson Wentz outplayed Ryan Tannehill this year. And Carson Wentz's name is in the media. Carson Wentz's name is out there a lot. And I I understand he's a sore subject for Colts fans right now, but the Titans are in a worse position with Ryan Tannehill than the Colts are with Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill has 56 million dead cap for the Titans this next year. Who gave oh, him that contract? You were serious when he uh oh 56 million in dead cap next year because he restructured to get Julio here last year. To get yep. Moved moved his money to this next year. So he only ended he only had a like a 13 million dollar cap hit this year previous. He has a 39 million dollar cap hit for this upcoming season and a 56 million dollar dead cap. I'll take it, man. Hey, I mean I just didn't pay too much attention to Ryan Tannehill this year. I had like other interest in the league uh, watching other guys, but I mean, watching Ryan Tannehill, watching that force throw, not going with the check down. I mean, kind of like I was watching someone who I watched for 17 games and that's just what it comes down to. You got to have the great quarterback play and Joe Burrow was getting smacked all game. He still hit throws. He still was so accurate. He had the playmakers. And ultimately, Tennessee went down. That was the first game. The second game, I don't think we saw this coming at all, but Jimmy G, doing what he always does, wins, wins, and wins, and wins. That's what he does, okay? He has more playoff wins than Aaron Rodgers, 2-0 and in the playoffs. So 13-10. to didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game. I was, say, I was about to say, are we really going to say Jimmy G won this game? Is that he the headline Mark's off, going with? He didn't score an offensive touchdown. Like, I'm not even entertaining this trolling. In, You've been doing in, that all weekend. In this game, I, I mean. It's the, fir- it's the first ever time a team okay. didn't score an offensive or defensive touchdown and won a playoff game. So. Jimmy G for about 58 minutes of the game was pretty pathetic. Uh, Some of the stupid throwaways that were almost intercepted. Some of the throws that were intercepted, the ones that weren't intercepted because it was snowing, uh, pretty pathetic performance, but Debo Samuel. Oh man, dude, there. I know he's a gadget man, but Oh my gosh, doing all those positions, doing all those plays. Really hope it doesn't tire him out so quick into his career. Uh, George Kittle, you know, the defense. I really just want to talk about the 49ers defense in this game, man. Good. Because good. they let's, let's get over to what matters. Yeah. Th- right. This this defense won the game. All, all credit to the special teams who scored the lone touchdown for them. This defense ugh, lights out. D'Amico Ryan's had this team prepared. Everybody was coming. And this is what I talk about pass rush depth. Okay, this is what you call 
quality over quantity. Chris Ballard wants quantity over quality. You got Bosa, Armstead, Key. You got guys who are coming relentlessly, affecting Aaron Rodgers, and allowed him to score 13 points at Lambeau in the weather he's acclimated to, and you hold him to 13 points. That is incredible. That is an, I don't want to say all-time defensive playoff performance, but that was probably the best defensive performance, definitely the best defensive performance all weekend. So I want to start it off with Rashad. Um, Clearly, we're not going to talk about Jimmy G, but for this defense, the struggles on the Green Bay team, where did it, where did it all come to a head? Um, I mean, like when you want to talk about defenses, that 49ers defense, like you say, it might have been one of the best performances of the weekend. Let's not forget, there is a Green Bay defense that played damn well and deserved to win that football game. That Green Bay defense didn't give up a touchdown at all. San Francisco did. That Green Bay defense did everything in its power to win that game for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers failed him, man. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if him and LaFleur wasn't on the same page, but it, it's a disconnect somewhere in there. And, and it's this just can't happen repeatedly. Every year we see them do what they do in a regular season. They win 11, 12, 13 games every year. They get a number one seed or, or two seed in years past, get the home game. And I remember when people didn't win in Lambeau Field. Michael Vick was the first guy to go on the road in a playoff game and win in Lambeau. And that was unheard of. And now you, you're losing in Lambeau left and right. Like, this is inexcusable. The 49ers ha- have your number. Uh, I don't understand what's going on. Kyle Shanahan must have mind control over Matt LaFleur and over Sean McVay at this point because neither one of them can beat him. When they was on his staff back in 2013 with the Washington football team, Kyle Shanahan was the OC. McVay, I believe, was the tight ends coach. LaFleur was a coach on that staff as well. Those guys looked up to Kyle Shanahan. And maybe it's a mental thing going on with LaFleur, but they got to find a way to get it done. Unfortunately, I don't think it'll happen. I think this thing is going to get blown up if you're Green Bay because that performance was was just terrible. You can't have it in big moments like that. Dustin. And, I mean, this game had a lot of – every game the Packers were going to play in the playoffs was going to have more emotion um, than most playoff games because of the the last dance um, – mantra that's been going on with the Packers this year is this Aaron Rodgers last year as a Packer is this Devontae Adams is last year as a Packers Darius Smith so many other guys where it just feels like the Packers who are in a tough spot financially for this next season um, and then also the controversies with Aaron Rodgers and the restructuring of his contract before the season even starts to get this get him to even where he suits up as a Packer this year but he has the right to leave this offseason um, via trade if he d- d- does request it. Now, they just didn't show up. Uh, I mean, the, the Niners defense, I mean, the Packers offense played poorly. Uh, that, that's for sure the case. But, I mean, you have to give the Niners defense so much credit. They they came out and they were just studs. I mean, secondary was doing what they could. I mean, Devontae Adams opened up the game on that first drive with a really good drive um but after that Devonte adams was pretty quiet um had a couple catches after that but the majority of his stats came from that first drive um they they let it happen they altered it um jimmy ward who i really wanted the year he was coming out of the draft having a solid career um sad to see so sometimes so good um armstead monster night was just eating Green Bay up in the middle um, whether it was run stops whether it was sacks whether it was pressures he was everywhere and the defense just went blew out. that cover, though. I, I, he, he blew that coverage. He almost gave he up one. He did. almost gave up one. And it's just really – it's disheartening for the Packers because you really – I was rooting for him a little bit in the NFC, um, obviously with the Rams um, in there as well that I'm, that I'm rooting for out of the NFC. But they just didn't go out and win. I mean, honestly, the blocked punt happens. It's really ironic and funny because San Francisco has been talking all year about how bad their special teams is. But Green Bay, historically, just having an awful special teams year. Historically. Uh, two, two, yeah. two bad special teams units going up. And uh, I've never been more thankful for Bubba 
um, when I watched these two teams play special teams. Just very undisciplined on the blocked punt, man. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Just Ugh. very little push on a punt block coverage mm-hmm. up the middle. <laughs> it wasn't even blocked, I don't think. So it does get blocked. It just gets no, blocked. no. He wasn't blocked. Oh, oh, yeah. No, can't yes. remember who blocked it, but uh, but the ball flies. I mean, the like game. Oh, it was 20, like 30 feet was looking, in the air. Everybody the punter, was around. the punter looked like he thought the ball was going out of bounds or something because uh, he just started uh, walking off the field. And then if you, just you notice see it the front guy, on the ground. the front guy chops the hand and the guy comes right off of him and and, and splits it. It was you could tell it was dropped that way. It was amazing how it was dropped. Like. That stuff never works. Like, you work on that stuff all year. You do it all year, and it never works until a situation like that, man. That's crazy. So, with, with this game, I mean, after this season, what we've seen, I I really got to say, man, at the beginning of the year, I was really wrong about special teams. Like, even when we were talking about Ashton Doolin, he's to be cut and everything. And That's the who, who cares about Ashton Doolin and he plays Gunner or whatever the case may be. This year taught me, dude, special teams matters a lot. I feel like a proud parent right now. Are you <laughs> saying, Michael? Dustin, do Michael, you hear this? I think this is, the, uh, is, this is a first for the Blue Stable, for Colts Nation, <laughs> for Twitter. Michael, I want you to repeat this. Are you, are you saying you, you were wrong? Wait, okay. I've said I was wrong so many times, okay? I know what you say. I've never, I was, I was this wrong. is the first time I've heard it. So let's say, I was it wrong. Wrong. let's say it one more time for us. Okay. Dustin, make sure you clip this right here. I was wrong about special teams, Ashton Doolin, Zaire Franklin is still the special teams MVP. I mean, I was wrong. Special teams reign supreme. I don't know anything about special teams. I'm not smart. So, yes, Destin, you hey, get I, this. I, I respect it. I, so. I, res- I, res- I respect you just owning hey. him because there's still a lot of people that are hey. – Still saying they I mean, would have cut Ashton Doolin even after watching the year yeah, play out, and that I mean, and that's and that's just foolish to me. Going, yeah. I mean, if Ashton Doolin is brought back, which I assume he will be, um, I'm not gonna entertain Ashton Doolin being cut in the training camp. I just, I, I just won't do it. I've learned my I'm lesson. Proud of you. I'm proud I'm, of you, Michael. I've learned my lesson. Uh, I, I do lack uh, remembering some things, so I'm actually gonna write this down in takes going into 2020. Will not bash. Doolin slash special teams. Put it on your mirror. Put it on I your forget, mirror for every morning. I legitimately forget these things, guys. Like the guys will tell you, I forget bets, the details of the bets, who was where. I forgot what Michael I was. will come back and say he won a bet he lost. <laughs> Doolin right. make a post. I think just uh, say, if, you, if you guys don't remember, I said I won the bet of Mo Ali Cox out snapping Kylan Granton at the in the in the heat of the moment when I thought about it. I'm like, I think I won that bet. Destin comes back. No, I won the bet because I because you flipped you, it because yeah. you said Kylan flipped and then he went back and went back to the original episode and it turned out that I lost that bet. And I, I forget these things. I need to start writing them down more. And I did write <laughs> this one down. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk again about the 49ers here in a, in a few minutes. But now to the Rams and the Bucks. This was a game that after the first quarter, I just thought, man, let me go ahead and turn it off. Start looking to san francisco la and then i turned it on again in the third quarter and i'm just like seeing this i'm like dude this is just complete domination this is domination i mean what is going on here technically i kind of now rashad don't get mad at me but i kind of wanted the rams to screw it up to make it a game at least man um and it was a game what a phenomenal game everything the Buck Stadium is quiet, but then when 27-13 comes, it is rocking. It is loud. And then a touchdown happens again for the Bucks. And then guess what? Guess what? Cam Akers fumbles the ball. Dominican Sue forces the ball. I explode off of my couch. I'm like, this is really happening. Bucks go back and score. Matthew Stafford, what a damn throw to Cooper Cup. That, it was such a beautiful drive, and I am so happy genuinely for Matthew Stafford. He's been through so much in his NFL career with a horrible franchise. Saturday or Sunday was 
that was one hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the score ends up making it look closer than it was. It, it took some wild crap to happen to let the Bucks come in this game. This wasn't one of those, to me, magical Bucks comebacks where Brady uh, just put on a clinic to make the comeback. I mean, the Rams gave them some stuff um, from the offensive end. Some weird fumbles happened. And then I, the only thing I really want to talk about is just how bad the coverage play on that cup Stafford uh, long pass to get them into field goal range to win it was. I think Bowles sent a blitz on that one, right? So, so I mean, they, they do send a blitz, which is fine because you're trying to, like, pressure a little bit up the front. But the issue is, so pre-snap, they have both safeties back deep. Before the snap comes, both sides do a four-step sprint forward before the snap to give them less room in this kind of setting of the game. First mistake. <laughs> Less room in this situation, always worse. Just, right. just saying it right there. So there, so Winfield is the safety on the right, Mike Edwards on the left. Um, Winfield comes up. Cup sees it immediately. You can see it off the snap that he sees Winfield comes up. Cup does a full sprint at Winfield's numbers. Winfield does not turn his hips until Cup meets him. Uh, that it's over. That's all I'm going to say. If that happens to you one-on-one on on that Island, because cup sees it, he makes it happen. I I won't even be shocked if that wasn't his initial route. I wouldn't be shocked because Mm -hmm. you see him just run straight for Winfield's numbers, blows past him, makes the late adjustment on the hips. And that's all she wrote. Um, It was poor execution. Um, I don't know if it was a play call by Bowles. I don't know if it was just poor execution by the safeties, by Winfield, who had a really good game too. Had a really, really, really good game, but huge can't happen type of mistake. Even if the coverage wasn't his call, turning his hips that late cannot happen Hmm. against a guy like Cooper Cup. Nope. It it just cannot happen. I mean, I think I, in real time, I tweeted when it happened, because I saw I saw how Antoine Winfield was playing it right there. I think the smart play would have just been just grab that dude's jersey and don't let go. You're going to get called for DPI, but you do not give up anything huge or easy like that. You can't give it up that easy. That 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 that's what I would have done. I know in high school I did something like that. I literally tackled the dude down. But in that with that, I mean in the playoffs, I think that's just like kind of a high IQ play. You don't give up anything easy. Because I think what Cup ended up getting like 20 yards after it. And yeah, I, I, I tweeted in real time Antoine Winfield should have grabbed that man's jersey. Rashad, man, I know I'm going to give the floor to you, man. Go ahead. I'm going to give the floor to you because we're going to have a lot to talk about with uh, Casey and Buffalo. But the rest of this segment, Tampa Bay, LA, it's all yours. Man, man, man. That game, y'all know, especially for me, was so. I can't say the game as a whole was nerve-wracking. Um, everything we talked, everything I talked with uh, my brother about leading up to the game was exactly how it played out for three and a half quarters. Uh, Rams, I don't know if, if you how often you guys have seen the Rams this year, but they have a a tendency of when one bad thing happens, things tend to snowball for them. Like they, it's hard for them to hold momentum. Like once momentum gets to turning. I, and I, we talk about that all the time. You have to have guys that can just stop momentum, you know, and turn things back in favor, settle everything down. And it was a classic case of that this week, man. Tampa Bay got the shit beat out of them for the majority of this game. Right, up front, on both sides of the uh, line of scrimmage, they was getting beat. Tom Brady was so frustrated in that ball game because they just couldn't make anything happen. Now, we know a lot of that was due to Tampa Bay being banged up, and a lot of that due to the fact that the Rams are just a bad matchup for Tampa Bay as well. They beat them all three times they played them since they had Tom Brady. So sometimes you just don't match up well with teams. Rams knew that going in. When the Rams jumped out on them, uh, we saw the fumble on the goal line. This thing was really close to being a route, like really early. That fumble on the goal line, uh, prevented a touchdown, and, and it changed a little bit. It slowed them down. Tampa Bay didn't get in game immediately. We saw Cup lose a fumble. We saw Akers get stripped again by Adamic and Sue. And that's 
that's fluky type things that's going to happen in football games. But sometimes that can be the difference in a football game. If you don't go out there and execute, I was I was so nervous seeing things turn in the direction of Tampa Bay because they was getting all the momentum. Once Ramsey got beat on that 50-yard pass uh, to Mike Evans one-on-one, I was thinking, well, even in that situation, Tampa Bay's down seven. You, you get a couple first downs, you run the clock out, this is a ball game. For Akers to get stripped, I thought instantly, okay, we've seen this before with Tom Brady. You know, he, he always makes these type of things happen. And then they get down and he score a touchdown and tie the game up. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think this game kind of put away all the doubts, the playoff doubts that people had in their head about him never winning a playoff game in 11 years. Even though he won his first one last week, I think he needed one like this, where he had to go down in a clutch moment and, and make the big throws and make the plays to get the victory. And I like what he said uh, right after the game, and I'll close out with this. He said, you know, sometimes you like to blow teams out and take a knee and win by three scores. But he said other times you like to kind of rip their heart out. And I like that mind frame from my quarterback. I like when my quarterback to say things like that psychologically it hurts them more when you rip their heart out and you enjoy the victory more and the team rally around things like that. So I think that was, that's what made it a bigger, a even bigger win for them and who they did it to Tom Brady, of course, the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, send them packing one, two, three Cancun, man. There you go. There you go. I mean, I, I really can't say anything, anything more than that. It was a game. It was one hell of a game. Matthew Stafford in two weeks already has more playoff wins than Dak Prescott in six years. That's crazy. That is crazy. So anyways, guys, let's go to what has dominated headlines all week. Kansas city, Buffalo. What a damn game ends in overtime. Kansas city winning 41 to 36. It was 41 to 36, right? Yeah, 4136. 4136. And w- what a crazy. Oh, no, it can't crazy be 4136. That's five. It had, had to have been a six point game. It had to be 4236. 4236. Okay. So yeah, 42. I mean, what a damn game. I mean, I, I tweeted it that night. My heart is with Buffalo, but my wallet, <laughs> I actually found a way to actually start betting, guys. I'll talk to you about that after the show. But All right. Yes, sir. I, uh, I w- my wallet was with Kansas City. <laughs> so my heart was with Buffalo. My wallet was with Kansas City. And I do have a parlay on Kansas City winning that game, L.A. winning, beating San Francisco, Kansas City beating Cincinnati, and then L.A. winning it all. So, uh, yeah, and I could potentially it's win a long two- game parlay. I, That's a long game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I could potentially win two hundred dollars on that game, uh, on that parlay. So, uh, th- this game had everything you could hope for. At, at first, in the third quarter, you thought Kansas City was going to start pulling away. You thought they were going to start pulling away, but then the defense starts stepping up. Josh Allen is putting on a show, but I really want to focus on the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. In overtime, Josh Allen on what was it? Fourth and 10, Gabriel Davis, his own route running, knocked Mike Hughes down like he was hitting the chin by Shawn Michaels and caught the game, potentially game-winning touchdown. What really irked me the most, you got 13 seconds on the clock and you gave up 44 yards to allow a field goal. And I know I've said this quite a few times, but I did tweet. If I'm Sean McDermott, there is no way I could look Leslie Frazier in the face after that game. There is no way after that game. And we are going to talk about these overtime rules. Should they be changed? Should they? I mean, Buffalo did not lose on a coin flip. I'm getting tired of that headline. They did not lose on a coin flip. Okay. Because you didn't go out there, heads or tails, heads. Okay. Kansas City, you win. No. You still stepped on the field and you still played a game and you lost. But I will oppose Josh Allen deserved another drive. So that's my proposition. Give both another drive. But Buffalo lost that game more than Kansas City won it. They lost that game more because you allowed 44 yards in 10 seconds. You didn't even squib kick 
to get clock off. So that's already what I hint at earlier in the show. Special teams is important. Clearly, you didn't have the brains to at least do that. Squib, kick it, get four yards off the clock or get four seconds off the clock. But what a freaking game. You almost just, you, you feel so heartbroken for Josh Allen. He put together a Super Bowl winning performance and he had to go home. Dustin, where are you at on this game, man? I think, I think Rashad's going to talk next. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen put together a performance of a lifetime. Like you said, Mike, you was entirely right about that. Uh, the whole narrative that this game was lost on a coin toss is, um, I'm not, I don't buy it. I mean, you had three opportunities to get a stop and, and you didn't do it. You know, so that's where the game was lost at. Uh, it's sad to see a coaching error made by not squib kicking it. The only reason I can understand you kicking it out the end zone was if Tyreek Hill was in the back and you didn't want to give him a chance to return it. That's cool. Uh, that's totally understandable. But the minute you see that that's not Tyreek Hill out there, you have to squib kick that ball and take some time off the clock. But even with that being said, giving up 44 yards, 50 yards in, in 10 seconds is inexcusable, uh, especially when you have the number one defense in the NFL. And, man, I just hate to see such a classic legendary performance, you know, on Josh Allen's behalf go down the way it went down. But, um, you know, man, Patrick Mahomes is the Grim Reaper, man, and I'm I'm always betting on Pat. That's just how I feel about Pat. Uh, he he's he's that dude, man. That's all I really got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's it's hard. I mean, there the Bills still beat themselves in overtime, but I I do see what people say when they say the Bills lost to a coin flip, um, because this. This is from Ian Rappaport, um, who found some of the data on overtime since these current rules were in place. Under the current overtime rules, there have been 163 overtime games, including the playoffs. Teams that won the coin toss have a record of going 86, 67, and 10 in those games, won 52.8% of those games. Under the current overtime rule, under the current overtime rules, there have been 11 overtime playoff games. Teams that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 10 and one in those games. 90% of the time, the team that wins the coin toss and gets the ball first has gone on to win the game. The only team to lose was the Saints in 2018 against the Rams. All right. So my, my um, thing is, though, so my thing is, y'all know how I roll. I don't care about history. I don't care about stats. I don't care about analytics. I don't care about any of that. You be the exception to the rule. It is in your power to be the exception. I mean, they knew the rules. They knew the rules coming in. They, they so definitely. And I, I know I why you I even say, spewed out the, the stats. My thing isn't that I think the rules should be changed because of the Bills game. That's not the case. Now, the Bills know the rules. The rules are what they are now. Sean McDermott knew the rules coming in. Is so, so as Andy Reid did. The Chiefs lost a game in overtime where where Mahomes didn't get to have the ball and didn't get to go to the Super Bowl. They've seen it. It's happened. But the rule still has to be changed. We, we got to watch two of the most historic playoff games from a quarterback playing the same game. Um, and arguably, the one who had the better day didn't get to touch the ball in overtime. And that's why I'm not saying Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Mahomes. I'm just saying on that day, I think the argument can be made that Josh Allen had a better day than Mahomes overall. I think, I think you can make that argument and I understand it's close. Yeah, it's close. It's close. But I didn't think you can make the argument that the better quarterback that day did not get to touch the ball in overtime. That's not even just a, this game situation. I just think that can't be the case. Um, I think something has to be done. I don't think it needs to be the same as college um, because you're going to do a kickoff. Like that's still going to be in the play. I just think like Michael said earlier, both teams have to have the ball in overtime. In my opinion, I don't care how the rules get put in place. Um, just make a way where both teams get the ball. And I mean, it'll only be better for ratings. The, you know, the NFL office is wishing that game went on longer. Yeah, because as that game was going on, only more views were being added. People were jumping on. People were everybody's going, watching Twitter and the everything. update came saying this game's going into overtime. They're going to watch. The update yep. came and said the Bills probably won the game with 13 seconds left. People tuned in and watched. 
you you it, sh- it just felt like we were left wanting more at the end because of how but i mean hey the bills get a field goal josh allen gets the ball it's not first score anymore because it used to be worse that's the thing people don't remember mm-hmm. not even that long ago the new rule was implemented looks like here yeah it wasn't that long ago 2012 looks like the first time they were implemented um it was 2012 it was that long ago so that's what it looks like the um from ian rapaport's post oh. I, i'm not 100 sure i'm just reading the data that he shared huh. okay. 2012 being the first year that the first touchdown won the game because it used to be you win the coin toss you go get a field goal it's game over that's it mm-hmm. sudden death can you imagine like how much oh people people would lose their mind i mean i i 100 agree uh, like I said, I mean, if you want to make excuses for the bills, I do not want to hear one excuse for the bills, but if you want to say, change these rules, I am all the way there. If you don't want to change it to the regular season, I'm fine, but change it to the playoffs. These guys played in a season where they played good enough to fight for a championship in that game. Josh Allen fought to earn another drive. That's how I look at it. You earn the right to be in the playoffs. You earn the right to have another shot if you're a quarter. This is a quarterback-driven league, and if we're going to cater to the quarterback, let's cater to Josh Allen and for other quarterbacks that have been in his position in years past. Let's cater to the quarterback. If his defense felt as passionate about you as getting him the ball back, maybe they would have got a stop in overtime. Hey, man, y'all know how I am about defense, and it wasn't that good of a playoff for for me watching all this crappy defense, but I I, I still don't know how Sean McDermott could look Leslie Leslie Frazier in the face. I I don't know. He's a better man than me. Let alone put him on a plane to go get a head coaching interview. They're like – are you serious? He may have packed his bags. He may have packed his bags for him. He may have, he may have wrote a speech for him to give. Um, he may have wrote a glorious recommendation letter. Dude, uh, I, I was watching the play. I'm like, why are y'all backed up so far? I feel like I'm watching Matt Eberflus right now. I'm like, what are you doing, Leslie Frazier? What did you do? You come from the Eberflus tree or something? What what is going on here? I saw it in real time. I'm like, you do realize they're going to get it to Kelsey or most likely Hill because of his speed. Well, what do you know? Gets it to Hill and then gets it to Kelsey. I'm like, oh, dude, they lost this game. Before he even made, before Butker even made the field goal, I said Buffalo lost this game. They lost it because you can't fight that hard. And not speaking from experience or anything, but that sort of thing, it kills you as a defense. It kills you. In the playoffs, you still got to turn a switch, forget it, and go out and play. But it, 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 it hurts, man. It hurts bad. And although it was a great weekend of football, as a Colts fan, it looks like we're just watching a bunch of teams that we see things we have to improve at if we're even going to compete to be in this realm. Um, I mean, I think there are multiple different areas um, that we can all touch on but a lot of people are going to say you have to match the quarterbacks of Mahomes and Allens. And that's easier said than done, obviously, but obviously quarterback play has to be better. We saw teams this weekend that have weapons that would blow ours out of the water. I don't even know if there's a team in the playoffs that I would even say is, has comparably bad weapons as we do. Oh Lord. Like if we would have, if we would have got in we probably should have been in. There was not a team that had worse weapons than us. We had worse weapons than the Steelers who got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then you look at other options. So quarterback, obviously, you have to improve at. Weapons, you have to improve at. Pass rush. So th- there's one guy left. Looking at the final four now, we have Patrick Mahomes. We have Matthew Stafford. We have Joe Burrow. We have Jimmy G. There, there is a chance for, under, for below average quarterback play to make it. But do you know what Jimmy G does have on his side? Talent. We- he has elite weapons that help him. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel had a great, incredible year. George Kittle was injured, but we saw how important he even was a little bit in the game to get them into field goal range to beat the Packers at Lambeau. Pass rush was on Jimmy G's side as well. He's been to I mean, the ob- Super Bowl. Ob- obviously, the Titans did it as well. The Titans um, had a great pass rush and ended up losing. So you need more than just a pass rush. But that's the thing that Colts fans need to understand. Multiple fans across the league need to understand, but we're talking to you, Colts Nation. The Colts have multiple things that have to improve this next year 
if you want to even put them in the position. Let's say the quarterback stays the same. You have to improve weapons and pass rush then. It has to. I think two of the three have to happen. No matter what is going to happen, pass rush has to happen in any scenario. Mm -hmm. I think if you improve the quarterback play significantly, especially the weapons will not look as bad of a situation. I mean, Peyton Manning made a guy – made no-name receivers look like borderline pro bowlers at times in Indianapolis. Aaron Rodgers has done similar things. But you have to improve one of the two. That's a tough situation we're in um, between quarterback and weapons. But two huge areas have to be improved this offseason if we even want to see this team playing this next weekend next year. I mean, if you don't want to hear it from us, guys, if you've been anywhere hiding under a rock, get onto Twitter and go look at Jim Mercer's timeline. I mean, I'm not sure if he was drunk, if he was tipsy or anything like that. Let's hope. Let's hope this, not. That man, this that man, man is recovering. He is everything. recovering and he has done. He has done such a phenomenal job. And I'm so happy for his his victory road that he's gone on. But he is making it obvious. He is making it obvious that he has challenged Chris Ballard to be better and quarterback, like Dustin said, quarterback receiver passer. I watched this entire season or not. I watched this entire weekend and I saw pass rush affecting everything. Pass rush affecting Tom Brady, pass rush affecting Matthew Stafford, pass rush affecting Joe Burrow, pass rush affecting Ryan Tannehill, pass rush affecting Aaron Rodgers, pass rush affecting Jimmy G pass rush affecting uh, Josh Allen but th- their weapons are too young right now. Greg Russo and Boogie Basham, they're not grown yet to be chasing um, Patrick Mahomes. And you saw how all of that affected it. You have to have good quarterback play. You also have to have a group that can limit the other quarterback. And what are we going to get this year? Oh, well, let's bring back Taekwon Lewis on a multi-year deal coming off a blown knee. I like Kamoko Toure. He has good character. He'll sit down and say, yes, sir. Let me bring him back. Derek Barnett. Chandler Jones, oh, no, nah, uh-uh. you don't fit the Ballard. You don't fit the character test. I'm tired of it. I want a pass rush. I don't care. It, well, I don't, don't let me say that. But I just want toughness at the quarterback position. You just have to be better. And at this point, I've accepted it. Carson Wentz is who he is. I got my eyes on Wentz in 22, getting ready for the draft in 2023, Jay Kaner season. Wide receivers, we talked about it briefly in one of the group chats. If Juju Smith-Schuster wants to come here, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll trust Quentin Nelson. I'll trust Michael Pittman Jr., who was obviously a grown man who doesn't really care about social media. I trust those guys to, you know, not cater or babysit Juju. But he's better than Zach Paschal. He's better than T.Y. Hilton. He's better than anyone anyone else we have. Destin said, wide receiver, what about tight end? You, you think I'm going to get into a throw-for-throw throw match when other teams out there got Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, and I got Mo Ali Cox? I can't do it, man. I watched this weekend, <clears throat> and I was disgusted, appalled. I was grossed out at the weapons that we had to deal with this year, and I was just so jealous of all these teams who can beat you multiple ways, you know, not just with one guy, not, not just running a ball, but the teams that can spread it out and get everybody involved because they have flat out studs all over the field. I mean, we know what Kansas city is uh, with Tyreek. They have two all pros, you know, but they also have good complimentary pieces surrounding those guys. You know, Buffalo went to a complimentary piece in, Gabriel Davis, you know, they 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 had Stefan Diggs taken completely out of the game and it was able to go to Gabriel Davis, a guy that came through and had eight or nine catches, 201 yards and four touchdowns. Um, if you take away option A for, for the Colts in the Colts passing game, which is Michael Pittman, what are the Colts going to do? They don't have answers, you know, they and it's just it showed up too many times week after week if. Pittman don't do this, then there's simply no explosive plays happening in the passing game. 
that's just not a way we can live, especially when we have the quarterback that we have. You know, we have Carson Wentz, a guy who's, you know, we saw ups and downs from. He, he's a guy that gives you a, a high ceiling when he's playing well, but he's a guy that gives you an extremely low floor when he's playing bad. You know, he's not a guy that's going to hit, check down and short, quick rhythm passes. He's not that type of guy. You know, he's a guy that he doesn't really move off of his primary target often, uh, goes through his progressions and, and makes the right reads. He's not that on a consistent basis. So when you have a guy like that, you have to have wide receivers that's going to win. That's going to win. That's going to get separation. And, and maybe that'll help him know where to go with the football. If he sees a wide receiver, if you see wide receivers winning constantly, which I don't think we did some games, some games, some wide receivers got separation, but for the most part, we struggled to get separation. Anybody not named Michael Pittman. So like um, Mike said, as far as tight end goes, we have to get better receiving. We need to receive an option. Yes. Mo Ali Cox is a good guy. You know, he's a great character guy. His story's great. You know, going from basketball to not never playing football and they turned him into a football player, but he still struggles with being a football player. I mean, I wouldn't say great. I would just say good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's a solid player. You know, he's not no guy that should be your tight end one. And if you're relying on him, then obviously your passing game is is probably struggling. You know, he's not no guy that's going to carry you or take you to the next level. You need a, you need a veteran presence. I like what I saw from Granson in spurts. It's clearly he he's not diverse enough yet to be able to play multiple different roles in this passing game. That's why he was used sporadically throughout the offense. Hopefully he gets an uptick in snaps, but we need an alpha dog at the tight end position to come in and say, you know, a, a Zach or someone like that, that can come in and say, look, guys, this is what you do in these situations. I, I have a, a rapport with Carson Wentz. If, if like Dustin said, the quarterback position is not upgraded, these are things that must happen. It is no excuse. Jim Mercer sounds like he's on board. He feels that way. And as far as the pass rush goes, um, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because you guys, you guys talked about it. If Ballard doesn't sign a veteran free agent pass rusher, I think it's about time we have to take a, a close look at what he's really doing because it was such a glaring hole. We all spoke about it last year. Hell, Dustin was even on board for signing two of them last year. That's how much of a hole this was, and we knew it was going into the regular season. Now, we give Ballard the benefit of the doubt. He double-dipped in the draft. We trusted the process. Mm -hmm. Okay, we saw it. It didn't work. I mean, we, we, we went into – sorry to cut you off, but we went in there knowing there wasn't any expectations for this defense. So it kind of said, okay, we're not going to expect anything great out of this. So we let everybody walk, and then the draft happened. Okay, we got some help, but one of them is coming off an Achilles, and another one is a rookie. So now you're going into the next offseason saying, I'm watching all these playoff games, but I'm about to go over here and re-sign Al-Kadim Muhammad and Isaac Rochelle. My thing is with Ballard, and he talks about eight. I went back and listened to it. You got to have eight. You got to have eight. 49ers have five. The Chiefs have damn two. They got three. Don't get at me about eight. It's like he wants quantity over quality, which is what I mentioned. Stop. I'm starting. I never thought I would come to this, but I'm starting to question his team building philosophy. If you want to build all through the draft, okay, you'll have a 30-year career in one Super Bowl. And I promise you, Ballard is not lasting 30 years if he stays with this. Because I'm starting to get very annoyed. Because I'm all I am expecting the headline. Toure, Lewis, coming back, getting in front of the media at Combine. Oh, well, we tried. You know, we'll always try. We'll always try. And, you know, things didn't work out. And those would have been nice. But, you know, there's a process. And, you know, I, I have that price. Man, fuck that price. Go and get better. The Chiefs went and got Thune. They went and upgraded their offensive line. Guess where they're playing now? You went to the Bucks. They went and got better in free agency. You look at the Bills. They went and got better in free agency. The 49ers, after all that stuff, after the Super Bowl team injuries, everything, you upgraded. Stop with the process. I don't care if a guy can pass out turkeys on Thanksgiving or say yes, sir. If he can play, play his ass. 
I'm done with the process. I'm done with if he's a good guy. I don't give a shit if he helps a grandma at H-E-B in Texas. I don't care. Get someone who puts the quarterback on his ass. And That's we my so thing. Good. I'm, I'm sorry. We almost, I'm, we, I'm almost so... didn't have, we almost didn't have to mark this podcast explicit this week. I know. We, we were so good. close. Y'all but know I mean, how I get about here, defense. Here's, here, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, and you're right to an extent. I – I think the statement you you need eight makes a lot of sense when you're building the foundation of what you want your defensive line to be, which Ballard had to do when he got here. He had to revamp the entire defense. They flipped schemes. They, they had a lot of different things they had to do, but this is not year one of Ballard anymore. And you can make the argument that he kind of had to hit the reset button again this past year, but it kind of just wasted – a year of what this defense could be in a sense, because you did that and they could have been in on guys. We don't know. We're not in on those conversations. We don't know who they were trying to strike deals with and who they just fell through on a few million dollars here or there and yada, yada, yada. But you can't do that this next year. If you think this roster is good enough to compete and I think you'd be foolish if you don't, we competed with just about all the teams that we played with this year. How many Big team. I mean, Jacksonville was our worst loss, obviously, score-wise. But, I mean, if you look at every good team we played this year, we, we showed up and we played them close. We, it was right a game there. that this team had to go in and compete with us either way. Yep. So you have to go out and fix the pass rush. And like I said earlier, I think two of the three between quarterback, weapons, and pass rush have to be done. And pass rush is the number one has to. I think that's number one it's, above all, it's, even it's quarterback. One or, it's one or the other for it quarterback is. or weapons for me, um, just because I think – I mean, you you probably, even if you get another quarterback, you can get a weapon or here, but you can't do as much of revamping mm-hmm. if you go get another quarterback, which is fine. Whatever they think is right there, but you have to go get pass rushers. And it has to be a vet, in my opinion. So, you can't keep expecting yeah. rookies to come in. Quiddy Pay had a good year. He, he really did. is a rookie. Yeah, he he came on near the end. Pressures were coming up. Yep. Still into the year with four sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we talked about it last week. Um DeForest Buckner led this team with sacks at seven. And that's bad. Seven. I mean, he um, led last the, year with seven and a half. The Titans had more sacks hey. than seven um, this last weekend. The, Chief, the Chiefs had the trade deadline since the six-round pick for Melvin Ingram. There you go. Why are you not making phone calls? You know, you've seen clearly by the trade deadline, you saw what this defensive line was doing. That's what I'm saying. It's way too much pressure on Buckner to have to be the heart and soul of this pass rush, man. That that's not even his game. I think the last couple no. of years, the philosophy I've had in free agency was I'm gonna trust Ballard. Me too. Um, I, I learned that a little yeah. bit from first day of free agency, signed Nico Autry a few years yep. back, and I'm like, this is the, this is who we signed day one. I wanted Allen Robinson. I I, mm-hmm. I, I wanted uh, Anthony Hitchens. I think that was the same year. I think Demarcus Lawrence was also available um, that year. I think. And the first day, the big signing was Nico Autry. Um, I was upset. I even vented probably a little bit on Twitter. I don't even want to go look back at what Young Destin had to say that day. Alex Simon. Um, I John learned, Simon. I'm sorry. I kind of learned after that process to kind of calm down, trust Ballard a little bit in the situation. And I kind of tried to do that last year as they were missing out on guys. Even even though I still. I think I have PTSD heartbreak from seeing Hassan Reddick sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. This year, I, I don't. I don't think I can operate that way. You, no, you cannot. You cannot strike out. I, I, I can learn to process a lot of the other holes. If we don't go out and sign a true number one corner, like I want, I, like I will get over that. Like that makes sense. That's a want. That's not something that I think is a make or break for next season. If you trot out a even similar defensive line to this year out next year. Um, that it's neglect it's neglect on mm-hmm. a roster it's neglect on this team it's irresponsible you, you, yeah you you have to go out and make something happen um even if it's overpaying a guy here or there and i know Ballard isn't a fan of overpaying um but when it comes to free agency and it's a bidding war sometimes guys are going to get nickels and dimes more than they should it's we had happen. we had preston smith ready to come green bay added five more million Ballard didn't want to go up so he went to green bay i mean i think a better example is the Colts matched Nico Autry last year and the Titans added like one and a half million in incentives. Yeah. Um, basically to I get think... Autry over and they let the incentives get them, which I mean, Hey, that could come back to an earth yeah. thing and wasn't wanting to pay extra bonuses maybe for a guy. But to me, you see the Nico Autry, he went out and had more sacks than anyone on the Colts defenses last year yeah. in Tennessee for I... a divisional rival. 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I'll stay consistent and say I was fine with it because you needed to figure out what you had in the young guys. I, I'll, I'll, I'll always stand by that. But again, just not having a pass rush after watching this season, these playoffs, it irks my nerve more than not having a quarterback. That's just the defensive guy in me. It irks my nerve so much. If Chandler Jones somehow becomes available, go get him. I don't give a damn about these characters, about these personalities. Sam Ellinger holds a job because he's a nice guy and says, yes, sir. I mean, stop with it. Get better. Get tougher. That's all I got to say. Guys, we got a whole offseason to talk about the roster, and we will here pretty soon. Um, and at this mindset, I'm just saying get more weapons, get a pass rush, go into year with Carson Wentz, and then get a quarterback in 2023. That's where I'm at, guys. We're going to go ahead and end the show here. Destin Rashad, always good talking with you guys. Once again, we are the official Colts podcast of Fansided. If you are, if you're not, sorry, excuse me, if you're not already, make sure to drop a comment, like, subscribe to the Blue Stable YouTube channel. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Make sure to hit us up in even iTunes, rate, review, whatever the case may be. We will appreciate that, guys. It helps, helps us out a lot. We love doing this. We love talking with you guys. Uh, any other further comments? Oh, real quick, this is going to be our only show for the week. But real quick, we, we just have to go quick. We don't have to be long. Conference championship oh. games. Rashad, I think we know where you're going, but let, let's oh, go ahead and do it. In the NFC, um, I got the Rams, man. Uh, y'all hear the, the old slogan all the time in the NFL. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season. I'm betting on that to hold true. Uh, 49ers have had the Rams number. I think this is just the week that changes. Um. In the AFC, man, I just said it earlier. I'm never betting against Pat Mahomes, man. He is the Grim Reaper. I've been calling him that for a long time. So to hear Andy Reid call him that really made me feel justified. I'm just happy to see that we're going to get – I think no matter what the matchup is, I think it's going to be good football this weekend, and I think the Super Bowl will be a good game as well. Yeah, I mean, I said last week I thought the real NFC and real AFC championships were being played um, last week when it was the Bills at, at Chiefs and the Rams at Bucks. Um, that's not to discredit what the Bengals and Niners have done. They've earned their spots. They're playing this weekend for a reason. I just think their luck runs out um, having to travel to these places. I'm never betting against the Chiefs at Arrowhead in the playoffs. Um, and I just think the Rams have got it going at the right time, uh, and they're about to host the NFC Championship, and I think they're going to host the Super Bowl at their own spot. Um, so I, I, I'm going Rams take it, and I'm saying the Chiefs take it. I, I'm not predicting the Super Bowl yet. I want to wait. Yeah, I, Guys, I predict the Super Bowl either. I'm still waiting. Hey, man, Jimmy G season. It's here. It's alive and well. That is a good-looking man. There's going to be a lot Rams. of women in SoFi Stadium cheering for him because he's good-looking. And he's going to get his ass beat. So, oh, okay. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I will give this though. I think Jimmy G will make it a game. I think he, he'll hear the noise and he you think might Jimmy compete. Jimmy G will make it a game? You think he is the reason the I game think, will be a game? Hey, I've I think seen Debo and Trent Williams we, and George Kittle is going to make it a game. Well, I mean, they're the ones that have to block and catch the ball. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I know, I know what you mean by that question. I mean, Jimmy G's not bad, guys. I mean, he's just not a guy who will throw you in a, into a win. He's just not that guy. And I think that's I will a not, perfect way to say it. Yeah, Jimmy I will not, not bad Garoppolo. That's his name. Jimmy not bad Garoppolo, but I wouldn't trade for him. Um, so anyways, I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Chiefs, and I will actually take the Rams in the Super Bowl. Pass rush is going to be too much. The secondary is going to be strong. That KC defense is going to get exposed once again. And L.A. Rams are your Super Bowl champions, or at least considering how much they've invested into that team. So other than that, guys, this is the Blue Stable Podcast. I am Michael Pivia. He is Destin Adams. He is Rashad McGinnis. Thank you for listening this time. Go Colts. We have other shows coming to you later on. Future free agents, our own free agents, keep or let walk. We have all that coming to you soon, guys. Stay blessed. Oh, oh what's up? What's up? Oh, I just wanted to say um, next week, I'm not going to be here, fellas. I'm going to be at the Senior Bowl. So I just wanted to yes, say y'all hold is... it down. Wait, I should still be able to record, though. I think I still may record with you guys. I think, hey, man, I think if you got to talk to Greg He's going to do it from the field with some prospects is what I heard. Oh, okay. Maybe You know what? I may make that happen. I may make that happen. Dustin. Man, screw the prospects. Get with Morocco Brown. Let's get a source of something going. Like, screw the prospects. Come on, man. Morocco Brown might not even be with us by that time. <laughs>
All right, hey, I don't we'll, know, we'll, man. We'll, hey, we'll we'll see, but hey, it, it's always good talking to you guys. I'm I'm excited. All right, for the off season to officially be here, um, but we still have a Super Bowl to watch. We yes, still have I AFC, am AFC still AFC sad that I can't watch. I can't make the Senior Bowl this year, even though I got accepted and approved. Not accepted, approved. So, anyways, guys, once again, we'll see you next week. Enjoy Championship Weekend. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.